When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's probably time for you to take a look at what you're avoiding. So what is there waiting for you that you're avoiding? Um, and also, why do you need to be in constant motion? And it usually has to do with productivity and perfectionism, that we're using um, busyness as a way to sort of fill a void within ourselves and earn our worth. Um, and you may say, no, 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 that's not me. I'm just really busy. But I think when we can get really honest and have a, have a sort of frank discussion with ourselves about why our days are so full and why we commit to so much and why we have such a difficult time saying no, it's usually because there's some kind of perfectionism or people pleasing there. And maybe that's not what you were expecting me to say, but I think that, you know, really resistance, it's always just such a juicy, juicy invitation into transforming something that's holding you back. This is episode 82. I am so happy that you're here and thank you for joining my show, your coach, Helen Yuskovic. I am on a worldwide mission to help people get confident in putting themselves first because I used to put myself second my whole life. And because of that, I experienced every unhealthy relationship possible, an unhealthy relationship with myself, my health, my wealth, my intimate relationships, my family, my friends, and my career. I'm now living in an abundance that I used to just dream about. So I want to pave the way for you too. It's time, guys. It's time that you live in the life of your dreams as well. So let's take a step towards that right now. Here's Subscribe to my podcast on your app now so that you always tune in to my new episodes. So welcome back to the show, everybody. I have a super cool guest today and (laughs) the way that I came across her is so funny because my assistant gave me a book to read and it was called Heavily Meditated and she said, Helen, you'd love this book. 
And I looked at the title. I'm like, yes, I would. And I, (laughs) I ate it up and I read it and I loved it. Um, And I posted it up on Instagram and I tagged the author. And from there, we got into contact and I asked her to come onto the show. And here she is today. Welcome to the show, Caitlin. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'd love to kick off the episode with you just sharing a little bit about your journey and how you got here and why you do what you do. I saw that you're a mom, you have an app, you have a book. It's just like you do everything. How did this all unfold? Yeah, well, it it sort of unfolded really in an unintentional way like so many things do. Um, I The long story short is just that meditation really saved me from a life sentence of chronic illness. And I dish on the full story in my book, Heavily Meditated, but the gist of it is that I was a you know total perfectionistic overachiever and I had struggled with um, chronic illnesses like Lyme disease and also had a history of depression and an eating disorder. And I reached for meditation really as a last resort. Like I tried all the things to heal. And um, I sensed that, you know, intuitively that I needed to make a mental shift to create a physical change in my body. And as it turned out, you know, my, my intuition was right on the money. Of course, it was the thing I resisted the most. I was like, I'll take all the supplements. I'll eat all the right foods. I'll do, you know, I'll do all the treatments. I'll do all the things. But I did not want to slow down and I did not want to get still and get quiet. Like many people, you know, I had a really mighty resistance to to meditation. But often I find it's the things that we resist most that really that we need most, but that also offer us, you know, the most transformation. Yeah. Yeah. So really um, meditation was the, the last piece of the puzzle for me. And I believe that, you know, stress was at the the root of my health challenges. And I'm convinced that the way we experience and interpret stress can either make us sick or help us heal. And meditation helped me, helped me do that, helped me slow down and, and reset and allowed my nervous system and then my immune system to reset. So from there... Obviously, it was life-changing, you know. Meditation really did change my life. And once you have that kind of um, experience with something, you can't help but want to share it with people. And I started writing the book and then creating the app because I think meditation has a PR problem, you know. We have so many, there are so many myths about meditation, so many misconceptions, and there are so many folks that can benefit from it, but just you know, don't have access to a really down-to-earth sort of toolkit for learning how to do it. So I really wanted to change that. And you really did. I mean, I've been meditating for a very long time, over 15 years, and your book was so refreshing to read. It's the ultimate guidebook. Um, I just found it so useful, and I think that everyone should really try to get it in their hot little hands Um, and it's so inspiring just to hear your story 
and to hear how you ultimately healed yourself through just a simple practice that is free and available to everybody. Um, it's so interesting as well what you said about the resistance and I mm. also believe that, yes, you should get curious as to why you're resisting something and then maybe start to question yourself, hmm, what if I lean into it? What will happen then? What if I just try? Mm. So how would you describe meditation? Mm, yeah, it's a great question to begin with because, you know, there are many different definitions, but I think the most helpful sort of basic definition to begin with is that meditation is really just bringing our attention back to a focal point. So some focal points, examples of focal points are sound or sensation or breath or mantra or visualization. And some techniques can combine one, you know, two or more focal points. So that's it. It's not, you know, you don't, you don't need um, a more complicated definition than that to understand what it is and how to do it. That's sort of a, a sort of all in one. This is all you're doing is bringing your attention back over and over again. And when we think about it as a practice, that also really informs what we're doing. It's not about having a still mind. Yes. It's about the practice of bringing our attention back to the focal point again and again. That's what I really loved about your book because so many people say to me, oh, Helen, I can't meditate because I can't just think of nothing. And I'm telling you guys, those of you listening, this is the book that you need to get. If you've been one of those people that do say, I don't have time to meditate. I can't sit still and think of nothing. Um, I don't know how to switch off. Um, you just mentioned a few types of meditation, and I know that there's people listening that were like, what is mantra? What is this? What is that? So I'd love for you to talk us through a few different types of meditations mm -hmm. because I know that there is heaps that people can yeah. do. And I'd also love to know what your favorite go-to meditation is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, essentially, what the way that the focal points work and the reason that I, I essentially divided um, techniques into those five focal points is because I think that everybody has an entry point. I call them gateway meditations. You know how, like, bacon is the gateway meat? Like, every... <laughs> every... Um, every person will have a gateway technique, a technique that is like the thing that feels easeful or that's sort of irresistible, right? So if you only try one technique, so let's talk, let's, let's talk about the breath. Mm -hmm. For a lot of us, if we're living in modern life, our, our natural rhythm of, of breath is disrupted. And a lot of us are over-breathing, we're breathing in a really shallow way. Some of us are paradoxically breathing, so we're breathing more with our chest and we're not actually allowing the free flowing movement of the diaphragm. So there's, there's a disturbed pattern in the breath. So if I then say, okay, now we're going to focus on you just watching your breath, what's going to happen is that that's going to then create this sort of spin cycle of, of stress and anxiety because you already have sort of a physiological pattern in the breath that's creating anxiety and stress. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of people, their first 
attempt at meditation is the breath because it is considered a really great beginning point. And it is if the breath is healthy, right? Mm. But if you try that and you maybe have a shallow breath or your, you know, your breath isn't as sort of full and healthy as it could be, um, it might totally spin you out and you might end up feeling worse than you did before you did the practice. So for those people at that moment in time, the breath is not a great place to start. However, let's say they're, you know, a musician, sound could be a really great entry point. Um, or if you're sort of a visual person and you're really creative, visualizations can be a path in. So all of these different techniques are really just pathways into a practice. And I don't think that um, one is better than the other. I think they're all incredible. And they, like I mentioned, they can be combined. Um, but it's really about having an openness to sort of try different techniques and then stick with one for a while and see what unfolds when you commit to it for a period of, say, you know, 30 days, 40 days. And what you'll often find is that um, when you circle back to the techniques that you resisted, such as the breath, so if you circle back to the breath, you know, 30 days or 90 days later, you might find that you have a completely different experience with it because through your practice, you've actually transformed your breath. Um, and yeah, so that's, I think that's sort of a basic way of, um, of creating a menu of options for people and also reminding people that there isn't a one size fits all approach. There are many different approaches and really my, my invitation is find the one that's the most delightful and start there because this is a practice that you can really enjoy when you find something that resonates for you. I love that. Yeah, there's so many different types of meditations, guys, that you can do. And currently I'm on a bit of a healing journey with my own autoimmune issue. And what's serving me right now in the mornings is a affirmation style meditation as well as a mantra style meditation and it's just like you can feel the healing happen as you do it um which leads me on to my next question is there anybody that <laughs> it sounds like a funny question but is there anybody that shouldn't meditate and if not why and should most should people meditate should do you believe that this should be a practice that people should start to incorporate yes it's it's not it's a great question actually helen um because i think there are some people who really should only explore meditation with professional support right so if you have experienced you know trauma or you have significant mental health challenges that you're navigating mm -hmm. It's really helpful to find a senior teacher or another kind of professional that can support you um, because there are, like anything, you know, there are, there are instances where it's not appropriate for everyone. That being said, in general, most people can benefit from meditation. So I have yet to meet someone who isn't better for having meditated um, and, you know, there's a lot of reasons that why. Um, let's start with sort of how we are responding to our lives. 
you know, with a regular meditation practice, we can, it can help us really become less reactive to situations and circumstances. So right off the, right off the bat, you can you know, have this benefit of responding wisely to potential challenges or stressors, mm-hmm. which we really need in this modern life, right? This is a game changer because it's literally impacting the way that you see the world and the way that you're interpreting potential stressors. So by that, I mean Instagram or your inbox or the news or you know, your, your, your to-do list at work or any of these things. We're living in a time where we are being absolutely inundated with things that can trigger us to react. So right there, if we can sort of interrupt that and start responding wisely instead of reacting, it's going to interrupt the sort of stress cycle that most of us are living in. Then we have the breath, which I touched on. So it's no accident that in meditation, we're either preparing for meditation or in meditation, focusing on the breath. Um, And the reason is because the breath is the bridge between the body and the mind. So it's arguably the most powerful tool that we have to change our state and any given moment because it's directly linked to the nervous system. So what that means is that we're literally changing the the sort of the heart rate, the blood pressure, the digestion, circulation, fertility, all of these things are affected by the nervous system and the nervous system is affected by how we're breathing and how we're thinking. So you kind of have this double whammy there. Um, But then it's not just about sort of helping us calm down in the moment, it's about creating long-term change in our system so that our default isn't just to be like a total stress case all the time. So it's working on the nervous system, but it's also changing parts of our brain. So it can decrease, regular meditation can actually decrease the size of the amygdala, which is the part of the brain that signals our our, our command center to turn on the stress response in the body. So you'll, you'll notice I'm talking a lot about stress because I really think that for a lot of us, mm-hmm. our health challenges are linked to stress or anxiety in some form. Um, and then, you know, in terms of just mental health, obviously all of those things are connected, but I think that having, um, you know, an increase in serotonin Uh, which is offered by regular meditation and endorphins even. So there's a study that um, showed that runners and meditators have similar levels of endorphins. So it's sort of delightful to know that you don't have to go run 10 miles (laughs) to get a hit of endorphins. So meditation is literally bathing your brain in these hormones and chemicals that are going to boost your mood. So, I mean, that's just a super quick rundown, but right there you have a whole list of things that I think all of us can benefit from. Definitely. I love everything you just said. And when you mentioned stress, you know, stress comes in all forms. It can be physical stress, it can be emotional stress, and it can be mental stress. And I think that's why you put so much focus on the word stress, because I too believe that stress is the major cause of a lot of things that aren't positive in our life. So the biggest objection that I always hear, maybe you too, I mentioned at the start, is I can't sit still. Mm -hmm. I can't stop thinking. 
Yeah. Can you talk to those two objections? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Um, well, the first thing I would say is, friend, you're not special in that way. <laughs> no one can stop thinking. Everyone finds it difficult to sit still. And, in, and I mean that in a really loving way, as in, yeah, I hear you. And, and that's normal. That is so normal. And I think the more that people sort of admit that, and discuss it, the less that there is this stigma around, you know, what meditation supposedly is and, and who you need to be to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. So let's start with, I can't stop thinking. Yeah. Um, if you had a still mind, you wouldn't need to meditate. Okay. So it's like the whole technique, right? If you remember, um, we're bringing our attention back to the focal point over and over and over again. And there's um, a teacher of mine, Sally Kempton, who calls it, she calls it meditation sit-ups. Yeah. And I think that is such a helpful way to frame it because then we start thinking about, you know, when we do a sit-up, we don't just hold, we don't just hold the contraction, right? We're relaxing and then repeating or relaxing and repeating. And it's this repetitive action that is the same as what we're doing in meditation where the mind wanders we bring it back. The mind wanders, we bring it back. And so it really is, the practice is the point. Um, and, and it's normal for the mind to want to be distracted, right? The mind looks for threats. So it's thinking about like, oh shit, I've got to remember that I've run out of foil or how should I, I need to respond to that email. How should I do it? So it's, you know, the tone of your thoughts can often be negative or it's thinking about like, that pair of jeans that you want to buy or what should I have for lunch or, you know, the, the pleasure, right? So it's like the tones of our, the tone of our thoughts can take those sort of two different directions, but that's the mind's job is to look for things that are charming to it and also look for threats. So again, just dropping this sort of the, the stigma around thinking, it's just, it's super normal. And that's why, why we need to meditate is to refine the mind and help slow down the flow of the, th the thoughts and also to relate to the thoughts differently. Yeah. Right. So again, like habitual thinking, I can tell by just the fact that you said that you're, you know, using affirmations and mantra in your practice that you understand the power of, you know, thoughts and choosing our thoughts and relating to our thoughts wisely. So it's, you know, meditation really is such a powerful tool for um, not only working with the thoughts that we have, but also um, shaking up some of the patterns and the conditioning um, in our habitual thoughts. Yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Second point, I can't sit still. So the first thing is off the bat, really just please make sure that you're taking the time to sit properly. So often I see photos of people sitting cross-legged on the floor with no support underneath their hips. Um, that is not conducive to meditation. So if that is what you've been doing and you're uncomfortable and you literally can't sit still because you're uncomfortable, let's address that first. So there's a reason that people who you know meditate regularly sit on a cushion or sit in a chair. It's because it creates the um, structure that the body needs to be able to breathe freely and keep the spine straight. So one of my teachers says, straight spine, clear mind. And that's a really great sort of guidepost to look for when you're thinking about setting up for meditation. So what you can do, you don't need to go buy a cushion, but if you just fold like a firm blanket or if you have a really firm sort of like a, a memory foam pillow from your bed or something like that, you put it underneath the sit bones. So you're not sitting your whole seat or your whole sort of thighs and everything on it. You're just sort of propping up the sit bones on that cushion so that then your knees fall forward. You're sitting in a cross-legged position and your knees fall forward so that the hips are above the knees. So what that does is it creates length in the spine. It creates, keeps that natural curvature at the bottom, at the base of the spine, which is gonna be so much more comfortable, but it's also gonna allow all of the muscles and anatomy that um, create a, a full open diaphragmatic breath to move freely. Okay, and if you don't want to sit on the floor, sit on the sit on a chair, but make sure that you're not sort of relaxing back. Make sure that you scoot your hips forward to the edge of the chair and place the soles of the feet flat on the flat on the floor. Both of those are great options. Mm. So just take the time to actually understand the mechanics of how to sit well. Then, if you do all of that and you're still like. I'm too bajiggity, I've got to get up. Well, then you need to look at the resistance, right? So that's just circling back to sort of where we started the conversation is that there, if there is an underlying resistance to stillness and silence, then it's probably time for you to take a look at what you're avoiding. So what is there waiting for you that you're avoiding? Um, and also, why do you need to be in constant motion? And it usually has to do with productivity and perfectionism, that we're using um, busyness as a way to sort of fill a void within ourselves and earn our worth. Um, and you may say, no, 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 that's not me. I'm just really busy. But I think when we can get really honest and have a, have a sort of frank discussion with ourselves about why our days are so full and why we commit to so much and why we have such a difficult time saying no, it's usually because there's some kind of perfectionism or people pleasing there. And maybe that's not what you were expecting me to say, but I think that, you know, really resistance, it's always just such a juicy, juicy invitation into transforming something that's holding you back. Yeah, I can totally relate to that um, people pleasing and the resistance. And I love the term meditation sit ups. Mm, so good, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, brilliant. 
a gym practice, mm-hmm. guys. So you, the only way to get good at something is to do the sit-ups, to do the work and just to keep showing up. So thinking about people that are listening that would love to begin a meditation practice, mm. what's the best way to navigate that? How would you begin uh, a meditation practice but not only begin, what's a great way to sustain a meditation mm-hmm. practice? Yeah, I think it's so important that you um, have that second part of the question, Helen, because so many people are keen to know, like, how do I get going? But it's, it is, it's about like creating something that has longevity in your life. Mm -hmm. So I have a few, you know, sort of helpful tips. One is to, you know, first of all, understand why you're doing it. Okay, so this is a step that a lot of people skip. Most people do. They're, they're going to go, oh, well, I'm doing it because I heard Helen say it was good for me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a good enough reason. That's not, you know, that's not a, a reason that's going to keep you motivated. The, the linchpin to having long-lasting motivation is to have a really personal, crystal clear reason why you're doing it. So for me, I think part of the success that I found in establishing a long-term practice was because I had a very clear reason, which was that I didn't want to be sick for the rest of my life. So when you have an exam, when you have a situation like that, that's motivating you, um, it's really easy to show up because the stakes are high and you don't have to be sick to, you know, have a clear why for meditating, but, um, it could be that you want to be more present with your kids or that you don't want to, you know, be saying yes to every single thing that's, um, that's showing up on your plate. Right. So there's a variety of different reasons that people may have for wanting to start a meditation practice. And there's a whole um, worksheet in my book that you can go through where I guide you step-by-step how to really get crystal clear about that why. And it's well worth doing. So that's the first part of it is really get a, get a, have a reason, have a goal. You wouldn't just go to the gym because Helen told you it was a good thing to do, right? You'd you'd go because you have a specific sort of goal or motivation in mind. Mm -hmm. And then as far as getting started, um, it's really important to just start where you are. So don't put yourself under pressure to sort of bust out a twice daily 20-minute practice because that's, for most of us, overwhelming and totally unachievable. So start with something small, um, like seven minutes every morning. That's enough. If you do that regularly, that is enough to create a huge change in your life. Um, Remember that done is better than perfect. Okay, so these small regular victories are way more powerful um, than a sporadic 20-minute meditation that you do twice a month. So when, you know, I always say that the benefits show up if you do. So if you show up regularly, the benefits will too. Um, But done is better than perfect is an important one to remember because that means showing up even when you have a cold, even when you only have five minutes, even when the dog is barking, even when the kids are homesick from school. It's getting it done, even if it's a more modest practice, even if you feel like you're not in this sort of zen state. It's about doing it even though life happens, basically. Mm. Um, And... That being said, I do think it's helpful to make a date to meditate. So having a regular time 
is really important um, because it just cuts through, again, a lot of the resistance. You'll notice that resistance is a, a, a concept I like to talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if, you, if you're like, oh, yeah, I'll meditate, you know, today, but you haven't really defined when you're going to do it, um, you're not going to do it. So my advice is do it first thing in the morning because then there's just like, there's no chance for the excuses to get in the way. So I find if I get up and do it straight away, um, the day doesn't get away on me. You know, the, the more time that passes, the greater the resistance becomes. Um, and the last thing is just remember that it's a practice and it's normal for your mind to wander and you're not doing it wrong. Okay, so the whole point of meditation is bringing your attention back to the focal point. So that's, those are some sort of tips for, you know, getting started and, and having the right sort of mindset when you're going into it. They're so beautiful. Thank you so much for offering all of those tips. I've been so engaged in this conversation that I completely forgot to throw you our famous curveballs. So I'm going to oh. have to throw them all at once. And there's three. Okay, I love it. <laughs> and the first curveball is... Caitlin, what is something about you that most people don't know? Oh, something about me that most people don't know. Um, Well, my husband and I own two bars, so a lot of people don't know that, um, that I'm, yes, I'm the meditating bar owner. yeah, so here in Byron, we have we're in, we have two hospitality businesses, um, which always gives people a bit of a chuckle. Because if you know me, you know that I go to bed at eight thirty, <laughs> and the strongest thing I drink most weeks is a kombucha. Um, but yeah, that's that's a little bit a little bit of a curveball back at you. Yeah, that's so cool. I'm heading up that way, so um, at the end of the retreat, maybe I'll go and visit one of those bars. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the second curveball is: What is your favorite form of self care? Oh. Gosh, you know, that's like asking me which dessert I want to order, like all of them. I want all of them. Um, You know, I think that meditation really is the most, I consider it to be the most fundamental form of self-care, but there are other practices, sort of the other practices that are in my regular rotation are um, yoga nidra. Mm. which is a distinct practice from meditation. Um, a lot of people conflate it and, with meditation and think it's the same practice. They're very distinct practices. It offers a sort of a different access to something totally different. And it's so incredibly rich and beautiful. And that is very high on my list, not only for myself, but also to share with others. Um, and then infrared sauna big fan of just like getting inside that box and just sweating and reflecting and you know so so lovely to just be able to go and have like a little container especially as a mom um to have a little you know time in um but you know also just being in nature I think is just so such a huge um sort of way to refill our cups, you know, getting outside, um, 
with no shoes on, sitting in the sun, eating your lunch in the sun, those simple little rituals where you get away from your desk, you get away from your screen, and you just go um, actually enjoy a little bit of outdoor time is incredibly refreshing. And I think this is, the reason I mentioned that is I think so many of us think that self-care needs to be this like, I have three hours on Sunday to like, Mm -hmm paint my toenails and have a massage and da 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 da. It's like you can actually build in these sort of micro moments of self-care, these small moments, and it can be as simple as doing nothing else while you eat your lunch, right? Like that is a moment of self-care, is just being with your, being with your food, giving yourself that, that chance to um, reset. Mm. So I have a lot of those kind of little moments in, in my day as well. You are speaking my language, girlfriend. <laughs> I have a hot box in my wellness studio. And so the infrared sauna <laughs> is something yeah. that I love as well. And the last curveball is we love random acts of kindness. And my question to you is when was your last Random act of kindness, big or small? Oh, that was a, a random act of kindness that was um, done to me, or that I, <laughs> that I that did. You did. That I did. Oh, apart from this that's today. That's a good question. That's a yeah. It's a tricky one. Um, I don't know. My husband and I are like forever the people who are like pulling over to like rescue. <laughs> rescue folks that is a curveball um let me think about that for a minute a random act of kindness you know I don't know that this qualifies but um I as a random act of kindness because it's kind of premeditated but I love to write thank you notes um my mother is like very old school with manners and she was you know insistent that we always write thank you notes as a kid and I continue that on today and it was my 40th birthday recently so I had a stack of thank you notes to write Mm -hmm. and I know that that's not a random act but it is a beautiful sort of kindness ritual a little gratitude ritual that you know it always feels like oh to sit down and do it, to find the time to sit down and do it. And you do it and you just think this is just such a beautiful way of not only letting that gift of, you know, time or a physical gift or whatever it was that someone has done for you, um, land and sort of be, become, um, it just gives it more substance, doesn't it? Otherwise, it's just this sort of fleeting moment that happens and then it's over. So it just gives you this moment to sort of reflect on it. And then I think, um, you know, receiving a thank you note is just such a lovely, it's a lovely little gift. So I'm, I'm big on that. It's not really, maybe I, maybe I didn't meet the terms of the question, but mm-hmm. it is sort of an act of, of gratitude and kindness that I think is so worth doing and so meaningful and so lovely. It absolutely qualifies because someone isn't expecting it. And that is such a beautiful practice. Happy birthday as well. And I just want to say thank you so much for your words of wisdom today. I've absolutely loved the conversation so much. I literally forgot all the curveballs that I usually throw in between the interviews. 
Um, <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> before we go, is there anything that you would love to share with my audience? Oh, thank you. That's so generous. Um, yeah, the the book and the app really are just a great toolkit if you're looking to start meditating. And if you're interested in learning about the breath, I'm running a course. It's a six-week course on the breath called Breathe Well, and that's starting this month in May. And um, if if you've missed the cutoff date, feel free to email me and we can get you in because it's the content is pre-recorded. You can do it at your own pace, but it really, I wanted to build this course where we walk you through step-by-step understanding the breath, because I think that there's so many, you know, there's such this breath work is very on trend right now, but it's sort of like hyper going into a room and hyperventilating with 30 other strangers maybe isn't the best way to begin or the best way to sort of like get the most benefit out of breathing. So I wanted to create something that um, really empowers people to understand why the breath is so powerful, understanding the anatomy of it, and then um, building from a really solid foundation to develop a healthy breath and then starting to do some of the some of the different techniques that can deliver specific results. So if that is interesting to you at all, then please come and join us. Um, And I also offer um, one-on-one sessions and corporate sessions. So workplace wellness is something I'm really passionate about. So if you have a team that you'd like to introduce, you know, the power of breath or meditation to, I'm also offering that. So yeah, please, um, if nothing else, come say hello on the gram or shoot me an email. I love to hear from from people. So that's about it. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me, Helen. It's been my pleasure. And what I'll do, everybody, is I'll put every link of everything that she just mentioned in the show notes so that you have a place where you can find her and stalk her like I did. thank you so much thank you my pleasure thank you (sighs) what a breath of fresh air Caitlin is hey I just loved everything that she said it was like she was speaking (laughs) my language right I hope you found this episode valuable and I hope that it has inspired you to begin a meditation practice if you feel like it would serve you. And I love the way that she made it so accessible to everyone. If you would love a copy of her book, we are giving one away to you. How you can win a copy of this book is by going to my Instagram, which is at whole health, H-O-L underscore health, or Helen underscore Yuskovic, U-S-K-O-V-I-C, and just simply enter. You'll love the book. All right, guys, until next time. Thank you times infinity for spending time with me. It really means a lot. Putting yourself first will really help escalate your goals, your dreams, and I love being on the journey with you. So make sure you come and tell me on my Instagram at whole health, which is H-O-L 
underscore health and comment below this podcast photo to share your thoughts on my show today. And if you enjoyed it, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify so that I can keep bringing amazing value to you. I'm sending you truckloads of love, power, and joy. Bye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.